Imagine being able to ask any question about church issues and practices at any time. Imagine getting a response in 24 hours or less. Imagine a team led by Tom Rayner answering your questions. It's like having your own church consultant on staff, and it's only $14.97 per month. That's only 49 cents per day, and there's no long-term commitment. You can try it today at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. You'll also get a free virtual staff meeting led by Tom Rayner every single month. Again, join us at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. Got church questions? Get church answers. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, and welcome to another episode of EST. My name is Josh King. I'm the lead pastor here in the Dallas area, and I'm joined, as always, with my good friends, Micah and Sam. How's it going for you guys today? It's a beautiful day here in southwest Florida. In your neighborhood? It is a it is a beautiful day in my neighborhood. <laughs> it's gorgeous in Tennessee, too, man. I'm telling you, it is beautiful. It's Summertime, and the living's easy. That's We've right. got rain this morning, so we cooled down a lot, and uh, it's just kind of a little overcast, but we don't mind. Yesterday I was preaching on um, the crossing of the Red Sea, and I got to the point where Pharaoh chases after the Israelis, and I said, um, just right in the middle of the reading the verse, and I said, and all the king's horses and all the king's men, and <laughs> it went over real well. <laughs> it just kind of came off the top of my head. It was fun. So we've got, speaking of nursery rhymes, there's a segue. Um, let's talk about raising children in a pastor's home and the, the way i say it like that is intentional because i've heard that pk is a is a is a bad term pejorative is that how you say that word <laughs> well done pejorative yeah <laughs> i used the big spoken word. <laughs> like a doctoral student josh <laughs> a leveling almost doctoral student but yes <laughs> pejorative term pk is a bad word but you're a pk both of you are pks we both are pks yeah right. yeah i don't think y'all are bad well, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> right, Sam? The deacons in the church y'all were yeah, raised well. in. Hey, listen, I was a deacon's kid and then a pastor's kid, so I am the uh, sum total of what's wrong with children in the church today. I was I, as a, as was I. I, I, was I, same for, I was deacon's kid as well. I don't remember it because I was like one or two years old. But. Yeah, me too. I was a Navy brat, and um, Cursed Like a Sailor is a true thing. Both of my parents are sailors, and so, uh, yeah. That's that's my um, wayward leanings. So let's talk about this. Why is it? Why would it be pejorative? Why do some people think it's bad? Well, I think there's a lot of bad models uh, with with pastors and their kids, and mm-hmm. I think both on the side of the church and their expectations for pastors' kids, and on the side of the pastor and and uh, and spouse and their expectations for their kids. So yeah, I mean, I think behind every sort of uh, comic reference and uh, there's there's generally some level of truth and so uh, yeah I, I mean I think there is some level of truth with some of the difficulties that have occurred with pastors and pastors kids and I mean I watched it in my own house and uh, so you know with my with my own siblings growing up some of the difficulties we had but uh, but yeah I mean it's it's uh, I, I don't know what Sam would say but I would say there's some truth behind it yeah I, I think the stereotype fits to a degree although I 
I don't know that pastors' kids are any more rebellious than on average. I don't know if ever ever as there's ever been a study out there no. on. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, Sam. Whether pastors' kids are more rebellious than any other family, just I just think that visible. there's a, a, a greater spotlight yeah. on pastors' kids. They're you tend to re- see them more. Yeah, that's right. They're not. We, we had a conversation with our kids about this just last week. It's it, you know, it's they're not more rebellious. They're just more visible, and everybody's mm-hmm. watching. They're paying attention. I mean, I got a I got a note in the um, offering two weeks ago. You know, your daughter was um, irritating and uh, distracting during the service. No other parent gets that note. Oh, you can get over it. For their kid. Well, yeah. Was it, Micah, was that anonymous? It was not. It was signed. I know who the person was that sent it, and I appreciated that. And it was because of that that I paid Did you send deacons over to their house to beat them up? I did not. (laughs) Well, I guess the question would be. uh, (laughs) I guess the question would be, to be honest, was she being irritating? Was she doing something, you know, like kicking the back of the chair or something? Or was she just kind of coloring, you know? Uh, She was playing on her phone, which she shouldn't have done. But, uh, you know. There was some validity to it. I wasn't a big fan of them communicating that way with me. Right. So I treated accordingly. But, you know, the point is they're just more visible. No other – I shouldn't say no, but generally other parents don't get those kind of notes. The president of the United States gets that Well, that's true. That is true. You know. But besides that, there's just really public office and the pastorate are two of the terms. And I'll be honest with you, though. I've been good friends with a lot of PKs. All of them were great. I really enjoyed hanging out with them. I didn't think that they were weird or anything, but their parents also really fought against that stereotype, didn't force their kids to be super squeaky clean all the time, and um, they just kind of were normal people. So I guess I'm my experience with PKs is a little bit of a rarity. And my kids are still young, real yeah. young, so they still don't do, you know, they're, they're not to a rebellious stage yet. You guys? Yeah. Yeah, I actually enjoyed my time as a as a PK. I, yeah. I may be the exception, but I I loved growing up in in the church, and it's part of the reason I think I'm a pastor now, is because I had such a good time as as a. And we didn't have healthy churches either. I mean, <laughs> my dad did not always pastor the healthiest of churches, um, so it's not like I grew up in really solid, you know, good churches. Um, I, I think my my family just lived as we are to live and. Um, my dad never put any pressure on us one way or the other, other than just what he should have done, re- regardless of his profession. So um, I, I think, uh, I, you know, in my case, I actually don't have memories of the church being overbearing or the spotlight being being too bright. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's credit to my parents for for shielding me from that sure. for for for, uh, for a good part of my childhood. Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed being a pastor's kid growing up too, and we. Uh, um didn't, we're not always in the healthiest churches either. Um, a couple of things that were true for me. One, I didn't become a pastor's kid until I was a, um, a teenager. So that did shape things a little bit, you know, um, and that could have been both good and bad, but I didn't have a whole, my, you know, most of the churches, my dad's, the majority of my dad's pastoral experience has come after I was out of the home. So that's, that is part of the reality. Uh, I grew up a military kid and a deacon's kid, the majority of my childhood. Um, but I, I also am, an extrovert who doesn't mind spotlight. And so that's not a scary thing to me, though it was to other, you know, some of my siblings and some of my kids. So it, I think part of it depends on your own personality. Hmm. You know, that's a great point because I'm, I'm an extrovert as well, and I've always enjoyed being around people. And so I gravitated towards that uh, part of being a pastor's kid 
where there's always this i did i enjoyed the spotlight as well I, I, as a kid i didn't think of it like that now uh, one of my daughters she's more introvert and that's and, and she's the only introvert in our entire family with four children six of us total so i feel for her sometimes she just needs to go into her room just to escape the annoyance of all of these extroverts um but i have seen in her the, the she doesn't like the spotlight um and i have to be very careful with her not to put her on the stage or call her out use her name um, right. cause she's she's my oldest and she's getting to a point to where she actually recognizes those things so her being an introvert i do have to be more careful my other daughter my younger daughter uh she's a free spirit she's an extrovert give her all the attention that you that she can have it, it doesn't bother her um, so I think it does – I think personality does play a bit into this, Mike. I, 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 uh, I, now that you've mentioned it, I see it in my own children. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, my kids are the same way. My oldest daughter is just an extrovert. She loves attention. She loves – you know, I mean, it's just part of her personality. When I use sermon illustrations about her, it's all good. In fact, she likes it. She'd like for more of it. In fact, she told me that So yeah, just <laughs> recently. <laughs> my youngest daughter and in particular Haddon, our son – do not, he does not like me to reference him from the pulpit at all, uh, ever. And so, um, so I've just you know I've learned uh, one. I try and ask permission ahead of time. We have some friends who started this. My wife and I actually were just talking about this last week. That if dad, if their dad who was a pastor, ever referenced them from the pulpit, they got five dollars. Every time he referenced them from the pulpit, without asking, I should say, without asking their permission without first, asking without asking permission first, and uh, that helped uh, grease the wheels a little bit and made them a little more excited about him using them as like a swear jar. It's That's exactly right. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you so, need a swear jar for your sermons, well, you, you might be in trouble. That may be next level. But but I mean, I thought the point was a good one. You know what I mean? They they turned something that Dad was prone to do and turned it into uh, you know something that it's at least fun. if he did it, it was a little more rewarding. For them. Yeah, so that's yeah. fun. Yeah. I think what's interesting here is kind of, you know, you pull back a little surface here. We've got a couple of reasons that y'all are highlighting for the potential of problems. The first one is those unreasonable expectations that they either put on the parent that is transferred to the child or they put them on the child like the child's supposed to be a perfect non-child child. Yes. And the other one seems to be personality. So if you're yeah. extroverted, it doesn't affect you as bad. But uh, or as strongly, let's say, um, and if you are introverted, it, it has a greater potential to be hard. Do y'all see anything else besides the personality of the child and the expectations of the church? Yeah, I'm, well, I think absolutely the expectations of mom and dad, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that is a, a significant issue. Um, the if, if mom and dad are constantly scared of what people in the church think then that's going to bleed over to their kids. They're going to probably um, have higher expectations for their kids than would be healthy for uh, a typical child, you know, and siblings. Um, we have this conversation regularly in our house. The The distinction between what we should expect and what is, you know, as an example to our church and as someone who is in the public eye and, uh, and all of those things, I mean, we want to be aware of those things, but we also don't want to have to live under unrealistic expectations all the time. And so I want my kids to be kids. And I know that there are going to be times when my kids are going to do stuff around the church that I'm going to be a little embarrassed about or frustrated about or sometimes even upset about. Mm-hmm. That's part of being kids. That doesn't mean I'm I'm okay with it, but I'm going to take it for what it is. It's not the end of the world. 
um, you know. But that's because your dad, their children, not because you're pastor and that's they right. are. That's right. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, I, I tell the church right up front when we interviewed for the very first time, they said, what are your expectations for your spouse and your children? And I told them my expectations for them are the same as they are for any other member of the church and no more. Right. I don't my wife. You're not you're not calling my wife to be your pastor. You know, mm-hmm. you called me. You're not calling my kids to be, you know, the, the pastor of the church. Um, we're going to try and lead as a family, um, but I'm not putting extra expectations on them. My wife doesn't have to serve in ministry in any way that's particular for a pastor's wife. She gets to do mm-hmm. what she wants to do. She's going to find her area of ministry. And I'll get angry if uh, if people try and put extra expectations on my kids and my family. In fact, I probably get overly angry and then ask them. Uh, I probably <laughs> maybe at times don't even expect as much as I should just because I don't want to put that on them. I, just, right. I think that's unhealthy to put that on them. And like the children, they don't have to go to. There's been times where, you know, one of my sons is just in a mood or he's right. at a certain stage and he just doesn't want to sing in the little program. He doesn't right. want to. Right. And I don't make him. And right. I said, I didn't make any other kids in this church do that. I'm not making him do it either. No, exactly. So um, yeah. I think that helps. And, you know, um, that's one of the things that with my oldest, um, she just hated was being on the stage in front of everybody singing. Now, we uh, we challenged her to do it because we would – any kid, not because she was sure. a well, pastor's kid – just because, hey, you're, you, this is part of what you're doing. You're in children's choir. You're going to get up on that stage. Mm-hmm. And she ended up being the one who, uh, you know, the scowl, the kid that just scowls the whole time. <laughs> the whole time, yep. Yeah, she scowled. And, and to this kid. day, to this day, she tells us, don't ever make me get up on stage That's again. So That's but awesome. but, I, but, but I will it. say this. The other thing that I saw in her, she, she just recently accepted Christ. Hmm. And we've... But I know that's like the greatest thing ever that yeah, your kids fantastic. would, would yeah. come to Christ. Yeah, so um, my oldest son, just as awesome, yeah. awesome, oh, that's really cool. But I've noticed in her a change. She's not nearly as scowly uh, now when it comes to doing things at the church. And I think that's just a Holy Spirit thing. Sure. I, you know, part of it, part of it with your kids is you, you also have to ask the question: Are they saved or not yet? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's and right. You know, if they're not saved yet, I mean, if they're younger or even if they're older and not saved. All of a sudden, the expectations are very, very, very different. Um, you can't treat your, you know, preacher's kids, church or parents, um, you know, whether where the expectation comes from the church or the pastor himself and his wife. You can't treat your unsaved kids as if they're saved. Yeah. And Meaning that's where I think a lot of the unrealistic expectations come from. Oh, you're the preacher's kid. Well, they may not even be saved yet. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you you have to ask that question: Is you know has has my child been saved? Right. And 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 I know with my oldest that that was definitely part of the issue for her. And uh, personality and and just stages of childhood. You know, they go through a stage where they don't want to be in front of things, and then at the same time they'll go through a thing where it starts to be more natural for them. My son was the scholar. He. He would just sit there and cry off in the corner while everybody else was singing or something like that. But so you had you had the I had the scowler, you had the crier. Oh, he was so upset. And I mean, the whole first soccer season, he was standing by me because I was coaching and crying because we made him put the uniform on. You're going to go out there. You're going to try this, um, but we didn't make him do it again until he wanted to. However, he's gotten older. They do fight. They're they're. At the stage they're at, they really want – they sort of like, we'll come home after Sunday because they're in kid church. And they'll say, 
did you tell a story about me or Amos or, you know, like they want to like keep tally because they right. want more stories about them. But just recently had an in front of a group of friends got up on stage, went behind the pulpit and said, look, I'm dad, blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> so he's not at all worried about being in public now. So, you know, it's just a stage that, that they go through. So and that I is think, part of the reality is everybody watches them grow. Yeah. And, and I mean, growth is awkward for everyone, right? Like there's no such thing as growth that's not awkward. And um, as a pastor's kid, you're just exposed. All of those awkward stages are more visible. And knows things. Like That's you right. also, it's, it's, it's hyper Facebook. Not only do they see the Facebook things, but they'll also hear the story of their accident or learning to ride their bike or learning to drive. They, everybody hears that whole detail story. And even sometimes if we share stories about being frustrated with them, they'll hear that too. And so it's this weird um, dynamic in which the people see them a lot, but then also from their pers- the people's perspective, they think they know them really well, and they don't. They just know stories of them. That's and right. so they may feel a little bit more empowered to kind of push in. You know, and that's one of the hardest things about uh, being, you know, a dad to, to my kids is to some degree I chose this spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, God called me into it, of course, but it was a decision that I made, and it was an intentional decision that I made to become a pastor. Um, they did not choose to be pastor's kids. That's just right. what they were born into. That's right. And and so they they didn't really they didn't choose the spotlight in in the way that I did. And the spotlight's probably the wrong term, but I think hopefully our listeners hear what I'm saying. Right. Um, you, you know, I, it was a decision I made. I knew what I was getting into as much as I could know. Um, but I understood the implications of being a pastor and you know having a lot of eyeballs on you. My kids, they didn't ask for that, and, and, and there's no way around that. I mean, I just have to recognize it as a parent and just say, hey, I know that you did not choose this. This is something God chose for our family. And so I, I, I hear what Micah is saying about, I don't, you know, I, don't, I certainly don't expect more of my kids than I would any other church member, um, but not all the other kids are, you know, in the pastor's family. Mm-hmm. And, and that's tough. That's tough on them. And, you, and if, you know, if, we even, if you have any of our listeners out there, I mean— your kids didn't choose that, That's you right. know, even, but your family did get called into it. And it, it's probably one of the most difficult things about being a pastor and a dad I, is that my kids did not choose the spotlight like I did. And, and I just, I can't help that. It is what it is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I would say a couple things. Number one, um, your kids, you're right, Sam, your kids um, didn't choose it. And secondly, even though we say we don't expect more of them, they're visible, that sort of thing. That's, that's a heightened expectation right. right there. All of that is true. So I think then it's incumbent on us as the pastors, the leaders, mom and dad, to be resistant to any overt calls or overt expectation beyond that. Mm-hmm. Because that's the reality, right? So we're going to do – we have to put it in – do everything in our power to sort of almost overcompensate, if that makes sense, to be able to push back on those just – pre-existent expectations and visibility and that sort of thing. I, I would say the other thing about it, though, too, we've talked about all the negatives of being a pastor's kid. There's some really cool things about being a pastor's kid. I was kid. just about to say that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to be honest about the fact that, I mean, you know, from, you know, being a kid who runs all over the church and, you know, can enjoy being a run around the church, which churches can be a lot of fun, a really, fun, a, yeah. a really cool place to play, like a huge playground. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, I, Dad goes to conferences. Uh, in our family, I go to conferences or I'll go speak at an event or something. If it's a fun place, I take my kids with me. That's mm-hmm. always cool. And my kids sometimes, you know, they're like, we, we just want to go on a vacation, and we're going to do that. We, this is my fault. I'm really bad about taking our family on vacation. In fact, we're going to be going on a vacation here in about four weeks for four days, and I think it's the first time in our marriage we've ever gone on a vacation by ourselves, just our family. And, uh, we're again, I'm really bad about that. But we also get to do... You really are an awful person. I'm horrible. <laughs> the first time... I I'm just going to call you out. I'm th- I think so. This is probably a private conversation. 18 though. years of marriage. <laughs> now, Tracy and I have done some things. Matthew 18. Tracy and I have done a few things by ourselves. You know, we'll go away for two or three days. But with our kids, going away for a vacation, we've always just connected it to some sort of speaking engagement that I've had. Like, somebody's paying to, you know, for me to go somewhere and speak, and so... I bring the family with me, and I'll speak a few times, and then we go you play. You are a cheapskate. Yeah, we, cheapskate. We went to Chattanooga one time as a family. That was fun. You did, yeah. That's we, that's where everybody vacations, I right? I saw you there, man. It was fun. Our house you know, is, a, is like a vacation. But, uh, but our, We yeah, were talking so. about this last week because we live in Dallas, so there, was, there happened to be a ton of pastors in town last week, and we spent a lot of time with different sets of pastors, and I was explaining to the boys, and they even saw it. They, they thought this was a cool thing. That because of what dad does, there are something different. It was trying hard to explain. They're not exactly friends because we don't, you know, that word is cheapened. And they're not family. There's something different all over the nation. And so we had, you know, friends that were came in from New Mexico. We had friends from Mississippi that we hung out with. We see people that we recognize. They saw some of you guys walking around and they were like, hey, that's, is that Micah from the podcast is what they said. And I said, <laughs> yeah. And so... They, because of what dad does, there is this kind of networked community type of thing that they kind of thought was cool. They thought this is fun. And then even when we do go on vacations to places that, you know, I'm not being paid to be there or anything like that. We're just going to the beach. We will often meet up with a pastor friend down there and just hang out and their kids play with our kids and we'll go see their church. And they like some of that aspect of what dad does bleeding into just kind of the fun side of of you know their life. Yeah, and I'll I'll add to all of this, the, you know, some of the positives for every one church member that looks negatively upon your kids for whatever reason, there's 10 others that, that just will, dote on them. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's easy to focus on the fact that yeah, there's always that one person or two people or three people in the church, they're going to treat your kids more poorly than they should um and hold them to a higher standard than they should. But then on the flip side of that is there's probably more in the church that uh, give your kids a pass mm-hmm. <laughs> because they are the preacher's kids. Right. That's right. And and, and so you know, just those conversations saying no. If he's you know he's not allowed to do that either. You know, if the other kids weren't allowed, don't let him do it either. You know, and right because that pass thing. So I mean, and, you know, your kids kind of live in the world's world of extremes, just mm-hmm. like you do. Right. Um, you know, you get a lot. You know, the negative can be very negative, and the positive can be very positive, and it's tough to filter. Um, so that is something I think pastors probably have to teach their kids a little more than maybe others is, is you know, that filtering of, hey, that person is probably treating you a little too nicely or that person is being unfair to you. You know, um, something else I've observed just being friends with PKs and especially when they're grown PKs is if the parents navigated that well, like this is our reality. Let me show you how to navigate this reality. The PKs that I know tend to be. Um, a little bit more confident. They have a, a a greater grasp on the reality of the world in that 
death and life and, and um, all the, the variations that go between them because they see it from the other side. They also have a confidence in the way people are. It's, they don't get as frazzled because they see from the front lines the way people are, the way life is, the span of life, and this sort of stuff. And they just kind of seem to, if their parents help them, walk through with a little bit more confidence in handling other people. They have a high EQ. High EQ, high self-awareness. Right, because I think because of what they're exposed to. And that's – now, I've seen the reverse where the parents really, you know, um, what do you call it? Like put them in a bubble, hide them off, and they don't have any relation to how people are. Or they've been really burned because their parents were hurt in some way. But if you help them navigate it, you've got like a a zone there, a a playground where they can really learn to handle themselves as adults and just know that this is kind of how people are, the beauty and the ugly, and it's okay, you know, because of Jesus. And so – I think it turns out to be all right if you if you are intentional about the way that you treat them and handle them. So, Micah, what's one of the craziest things about being a PK? What's one of the funniest things that you've ever encountered? Funniest things I've ever encountered. I'm just looking for a story. I like stories. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the funniest things I've ever encountered. Let me think about that. I'll, I'll tell you, I think one of the – this is not funny. Okay, so this is hard. I think one of the things that is underestimated, and it relates to the spouse of the pastor, is how consistently um, the spouse of the pastor is basically like a single parent on Sundays. And I think we underestimate how significant that is for our spouses. I I remember when I went to work for Lifeway, uh, Tracy and I had been married at that time, uh, let's see, about 12 or 13 years. And, uh, of course, I worked Monday through Friday, and I had weekends off, and so um, we would go to church together. And I remember how significant it was for Tracy saying to me, Mikey, you know, this is the first time we've ever gone to church together in our marriage. I mean, our first, uh, we had gone to church together on occasion before that, but um, our first time to week in and week week out go to go to church, at the, you know, together, mm-hmm. where I would help get the kids ready, and I'd take off. Usually I leave the house an hour or two before they do on Sunday mornings. And, and have for, you know, 10 plus years. And so I need to think of a funny story, though, about being a, a PK. Man, I'm I, I used to crawl under the pipe organ. Crawl under the pipe organ. That's yeah. hilarious, man. Mm. Yeah, and to this day, I still love going into the church and finding random closets. The little nooks and crannies. Oh, yeah. The and and then sometimes... The, uh, la- ladybug uh, seat covers. <laughs> I'm still, I am, I, there, th- my office, you know, we're going through a renovation, almost done. Re- office is almost done. The guys have done a very good job getting it ready. But, yeah, I'm still sitting on ladybug, ladybug seat so cushions. The, um, even though I, I wasn't raised a PK, we always joked about how my family, we were always at the church. Always, always, always at the church. And um, there's a lot of things. One of my favorites is... Um, I would stand up on the back of the pew and then walk across the top of the pews, just one step oh, at a man. time across the top of the pews. My pastor caught me doing that one time. He was uh, probably mid to late 60s. He caught me and wore my butt out without <laughs> even asking anybody. Like, didn't ask my mom, didn't ask nobody, just went to spanking me. And so I haven't done that since. But um, <laughs> Yeah, for the record and with all of our listeners... I've never done that uh, to church members who are listening. Never walked across the top or spanked a child spanked that wasn't child. your own. <laughs> yeah, I've never spanked a child that's not my own. Um, 
I've advocated for it, but I've not <laughs> personally done it. So, um, let's uh, you know one thing that I ha- uh, we haven't really kind of brought up, but I do think I think it's dying out to some degree. But um, I've seen I've I've kind of witnessed the uh, the aftermath of this. Uh, one of those problems for why the PK ends to turn out bad, not that they are bad, but it ends to turn out bad is um, these like. I guess the best way to say it is when the pastor sacrifices their family for the pursuit of their own kingdom. Yeah, and they, yeah, that's right. They are never, I, you know, I've got story after story I've heard about um, pastor leaving Christmas morning because someone was upset, not dying, not they just needed to talk to the pastor. for It wasn't that big of an emergency. And so um, when you do that, when you won't go on vacations at all, like you won't even go to conferences and things because because somebody might need you and that might needing thing um is a bad thing because that's right your children do need you yeah that's and right. they even if they might need you they can wait if your child actually needs you and so um i've seen that repeatedly i you know i've i've, I've served in places that that was a the example and it's not good at all the children end up and the spouse sometimes end up resenting the church um for that for that reason so yeah i've seen that happen far too many times it's really sad and do you uh, think it's dying out it seems to be less of a case Maybe i do think it is dying out. i do think it's dying out much. some because i think um it was such a problem for a while i i do think there's a little bit of swinging to the other side of mm-hmm. the equation josh i've noticed it a little bit with people basically justifying lazy pastoring mm-hmm. by saying well i you know I, i've 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 got to do stuff with my family. There's a danger on either side of the equation, um, and I think it's a problem. I'll tell you another issue that you've got to watch safeguard against that was a problem in my family growing up as a kid is watching dad get, you know, my dad was a pastor, watching dad get um, treated poorly by people in the church. And I know at least with one of my siblings, it led to a lot of angst against the church, disenfranchised experience, a lot of distrust, uh, that sort of thing. And I think that's one of the struggles I've had just even with my wife and my kids is how much can I bring home from being at the office and how much do I just protect them from, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, as I tell our church regularly, you know, people think being a pastor is this awesome opportunity and, and it is, and it's amazing. But look, nobody comes to our office to sit down and just tell us how wonderful their life is right now. Right. I mean, when people come to us, it's because they're broken they have problems, they're struggling. And sometimes they're directed at us. Even if we're not at fault, we bear the brunt of some of that. Uh, anger and frustration, and so you've got to be careful um, yeah. before we, you know, to, to not. I think you got to be careful to protect your kids who may not have the emotional uh, maturity to be able to handle um, what's happening to their parent at times. I, I agree, Micah. I used to bring home a lot to my wife, thinking she she needed to know. She she said she wanted to know, but now with with four kids, I. Uh, I actually bring home very little, uh, which means you have to have accountability and an outlet in other places because it, it, I've, I've found that it could it can create a toxic environment in the home yeah, that's right. when I'm constantly droning on about the problems at the church. Um, so I, I've actually swung back the other way. Um, hopefully the pendulum hasn't swung too far. I, I very rarely tell my wife or my family Mm-hmm. about things that are going on in the church. Um, unless I just think Aaron needs to know, she can handle it. It just It's just not good for our home. Yeah. So um, I've actually, you know, greatly curtailed 
what I share with mm-hmm. my family. Not because I don't trust them, uh, not that at all. It's because I want to protect them. Yeah, I think the right. pendulum thing we were talking about a minute ago is something that we really need to be aware of in our own lives. As you said, it sometimes justifies this laziness. And so one of the things that I always try to ask myself is, there are privileges to being a, a lead pastor. You know, I don't work Friday or Saturday. Those days are off for me, two full days. And um, so that's a that's a benefit. But at the same time, I always I use bankers for some reason or doctors or something and say, you know, um, you know, the school teacher down the road, he can't just leave the office to go take somebody to the ER. The wife has to do that in my in our case. The, the My wife has to do that. So we have to be very careful that we're not abusing our privilege of just taking off or coming in late every day or, you know, you know, not taking PTO or, or something like that. We need to follow the rules and be responsible because we've already been blessed tremendously in the way that it's set up. Do you guys have, it's kind of tr- shifting, we've got to close it out here, but I've just tried to m- talk to my kids about the normalcy of dad's job. So, you know, sometimes they'll say, I've I've been asked before by my kids, is so-and-so mad? And I'll say, yeah. I mean, sometimes people get mad at dad because of what he does. But, you know, that's that's normal. Sometimes people get mad at police officers. And sometimes people get mad just because the position they're in, they get that. And that's that's okay because people are hurt and, you know, those sorts of things. Even if in my mind I'm thinking, no, that guy's a jerk and he's mad at everything all the time. I still try to just make it normal. You know, do you guys talk to your kids about the normalcy or – or how do y'all handle that? Yeah, I mean, I, I try to. I want to be careful here. I, I, I'm I'm not dishonest at all, but I do want to think and believe and present the best about people with my kids. Mm-hmm. I think one that's a biblical approach. I mean, I think I try to do that even in my own mind. Even when I start to get tempted to think, oh, they're just a bad person, and they're just you know they're attacking again, mm-hmm. uh, you know that sort of thing. Uh, so one, I want to present the best to them, but two, I want them to believe the best about people. And I mean, I'm I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm an optimist. You guys know that, right? So it's not, but but I, I'm careful. It's not all sunshine and roses with my kids, but I do want to present the best about people. And and so yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there, Josh. Yeah, I do I do the same thing, Mike. I try to err on the side of grace because, you know, with a lot of other vocations, you, you do you are on the receiving end quite a bit. Um, if you could pick your vocation, whether it be a teacher or whether it be mm-hmm. a police officer, the difference with a pastor is your it's with family, mm-hmm. m- meaning the church family, right. and they're going to be there the the next Sunday and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that. Yeah. Um, so it's not like you can be on the receiving end of something where someone treats you poorly and then that person just goes off to wherever and you never see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of a pastor. You're going to see these people again, so you have to be careful with what you tell your family, particularly your children, um, because they're going to see that person on a weekly basis, if not more. Well, it just um, occurred. So to I'm me. with Micah. I would err on the side of grace when it comes to talking with your kids about church members. Absolutely. It just occurred to me one day. I saw my kids interacting with a with a gentleman in our church who is not at all friendly to me, and in meetings and things, he's very he's very mean and mean spirited in a lot of ways, but. When he was interacting with my kids, in their minds, he's just this sweet old old grandpa figure, right, you know. That's and right. I thought to myself, "That's better. Let them think that about him, and that's fine. And he's sweet to them, so I don't mind that at all. And maybe there will be one day when they're adults, you know, and they're going, "That guy was mean to you," and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, all the time." <laughs> all they're like, "Oh, we loved him," and that's fine, you know, and that's okay. So 
I think it's just it really does come down to the pastor being intentional about how uh, they navigate that stuff. But speaking of pastors being intentional, we think they should be intentional about planning to be in Dallas October 4th for the first ever, greatest ever as well. I guess this is this will be record-breaking no matter who shows up. <laughs> yes, that's the, right. Uh, I love the optimism, Josh. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying on this. Um, it's, that's better than saying it. It'll be fine, whatever happened. Um, so this is going to be amazing. It's going to be the EST Conference right here in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be so great. Dr. Tom Rayner will be our keynote speaker. We're going to do some cool things, probably going to record an episode right there with you guys um, as part of it. So find out more information, register yourself. There's a discount for teams, so you're going to want to take advantage of that. Bring your whole team with you. It's estconf.com, estconf.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check you next week. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, or listen online at lifewaypastors.com.